John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. I want to talk to you today about something fascinating. My very special guest today is Gail West, now host of a fabulous show, but also the author of an incredible book. I've worked with women, and so is she, and men. We've worked with people all over the world, business people, entrepreneur people, just such as say people. And the one conversation outside of religion that is hard to have with most people has to do with the M word, money. A lot of songs made about money. Hello, thank you, Pink Floyd, money. A lot of conversations. But what is it about a relationship with money that could use a B12 shot? Now, if you know anything about Gail, here's what she is. When I say Gail, Gail West, Transformation, you're going to hear her story today because when you hear her story today, what happens is it solidifies the people in the world that have the grit to talk about transformation. And if you've been through what she's been through and what many people have been through, but nothing like what Gail's about to tell you today, you will understand there is a refined way of knowing that you, no matter what circumstance you're in, you can get beyond it. Gail has been a consultant. She's been an entrepreneur. She's been a coach. She's an author. Uh, beyond all of that, our book is going to be published in Spanish. We're going to tell you about that. But she's also highly intuitive. And it is the intuitive nature of a lot of us that get us to take the next leap to a level that may not have or appear to have solid ground. But that's what a leap is about, isn't it? Now I want to ask you a question. How about your money leap? How about your notion about money? And Gail asked this question, are you ready to take the dance? Are you ready to dance with me? Are you ready to dance with money? Because if you are, you're looking at somebody that understands the spiritual realm of nature, of things, Akashic records, you name it. But she's also somebody that understands what it's like to be in the counseling field, to be helping people, to be a, hip, hip, a clinical certified consultant, hypnotherapist, you name it. She has done it. She has been there. Practitioner is an understatement. But what got her to touch the subject of the cha-ching. We're going to find out now. Gail, great to have you. Yay. Happy <laughs> to be here. <laughs> cha-ching. Cha-ching. Yeah, cha-ching, cha-ching. Hello. Right. Come yeah. on. 
let's talk about, before we talk about the book itself, let's have a conversation about money. I made a statement and I, I think most people will believe. Put put religion aside. Now let's just put that over there. Maybe even throw politics over there, but people. But the M word, wow. It's like, how fast do we want to clear a room? What the heck is going on with that? Well, so it's interesting because when I started talking to money, um, and actually I started having conversation with money, um, and that happened because I was working with entrepreneurs, and so many of them, and and uh, opening the what's called the Akashic records of money uh, of of entrepreneurs, and opening the Akashic records of their business and and themselves and their soul of the, both of them, and what I found was the businesses wanted to talk, they wanted to share, they wanted to grow, but the entrepreneur, the owner, was holding them back. And a lot of that had to do with money and their relationship to money. So I, I thought, well, can we talk to money? And what I heard was, I am not just energy. So many of us in the spiritual world go, yeah. oh, just energy. Age. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Um, uh, and I, I heard, I have a consciousness. Yeah. You can talk to me. And then one day, so I got up every day and I'm talking to money and money was telling me, opening your receiving channels is really stuck. And so many of us have stuck receiving channels. We block what comes in. And one day money said, the predominant matrix of humanity is domination and greed. And I have been aligned with that. The new matrix of humanity is collaboration and generosity. I want to be aligned with that. Can you please help me? Now that in it, so every time I say that, I, I want to cry because it's so profound. One of the things, there's a couple of things about that. Number one, there is a new paradigm happening and money's on it. Money knows. And it's, yeah. a, it's a paradigm of collaboration and generosity. Number two, for most people that walk a spiritual path, why would you want to be aligned with domination and greed? And number three, I realize that money is holding the shadow of the human race. We've projected all our pain, suffering, and sorrow onto money, and that is not money's fault. And the more that we as spiritual people um, hold money as bad, as horrible, as the root of all evil, we keep it hostage in the old paradigm. And so when we think about that, that our thoughts are really powerful. And when we hold money in that space and, and we hold money in the old paradigm. I love in your book, out of the gate. Uh, first of all, <clears throat> the idea of a dance is very attractive yeah. to me and a lot of people. Because what I love about that idea of come dance with me is there's so many dances. There's so many steps. There's so many styles, right? There's so many things that you can explore. But the one thing in your book that I was surprised and really grateful about is out of the gate, you said just what you said in a different way, how money is wounded. And we don't really look at money as wounded. You know, we look at money as something that is this thing that is ever controlling, ever powerful, and ever elusive. 
But, you know, this idea of domination and greed, it is so at the pivotal platform of what we're seeing in the world today. I'm not saying, Gail, that there is not a lot of good things happening and a lot of people giving back. But we don't really hear that. You know, we hear about 20,000 people being laid off because the stock price dropped 50 cents. I'm not saying that we don't need to be profit-oriented, but I just wonder if money and money's origin and the relationship of trust with money has been misunderstood. I mean, let's talk about this. Somebody asked me a question about money 20 years ago, I think. And I was right in the middle of my spiritual journey. So I was like playing with spirituality. And I said something and I meant it. I said, I don't understand the question. How did the masters that we talk about walk the earth? And I asked him the question. I said, I didn't read anywhere that Jesus or the disciples were poor. I said, as a matter of fact, you know, in today's standard, Moses was a millionaire. Yep. So where are we picking this up? This guilt and shame of the money. So when we think about um, religious ideas, and we, and we talked about not talking about religion, but the idea that money is the root of all evil is something that so many people have been, and it's it is a way to control people. Yeah, but it's it's bizarre. So if money is the root of all evil, and we're supposed to be living, and we're supposed to be having something that is, we're in we're in a human realm. We have to eat. We have to. <laughs> we have to. But fascinating. The I don't I don't know how many people know about the Baha'i religion. It's yeah. one of the latest religions in the world. Oh yeah. In the Baha'i faith, it says when a uh, when a person has reached spiritual maturity, wealth is a necessity. Now, interestingly enough, the word wealth, the origin of the word wealth is well-being. But we don't realize that. It's about, when I talk about wealth, I don't talk just about financial wealth. I talk about all the aspects of wealth, relationship wealth, rejuvenation wealth, which is the ability to really relax and rejuvenate and give yourself the gift of creativity, of connection. That's all forms of wealth. Yeah. And money money supports us to create that. You know, I love that. First of all, I love that you brought up the Baha'i faith. I think, you know, I'm very fortunate to be, uh, have the experience of it. My naturopath is of the Baha'i faith. And I, I just, her journey is incredible. And the persecution of, you know, people from Iran, you know, in that faith. But you're right about it. You know, the thing that I love that you're talking about in this book and continue to talk about in your work uh, is this notion of if I had to say if somebody asked me what your book was about, I'd say it is a giant gateway to unshackling the old paradigm is a giant gateway to a sense of freedom that very few people that are in our society anyway, get to experience. Mm. uh, Money 
can be the best experience we have. It really can be. You know, we see it. We see it in the people that make it, the Bonos of the world, giving money back. You know, we see it. And yet, at the same time, this paradigm you talk about demonizes the sense of it. Do you think people are struggling with that paradox? A lot of people are struggling with the paradox. And it's difficult because when you see people that are have multi-billionaires, which is bizarre, um, and then people that are poor, the, the extremes of wealth and poverty affect everyone. And statistically, it doesn't matter um, whether or not you have billion dollars, you still are affected by inequality. There's no question. It's in the, it's in the field. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I want I want you all to hold on to this for a minute because it's right from her book. Uh, Gail calls them dance steps. It's just really cool. But you know, do this. Let's think about this. And throughout the show, we're going to give you some of these. You know, over the next week, consider including some of the invocations that she talks about in daily prayers. Imagine money, the collective, and yourself being cleansed and healed. Hello cleansed and healed, right? So when you go to buy something, you're not having post-traumatic stress disorder. See, if you're having levels of anxiety, imagine yourself being cleansed and healed. Now, bring, as Gail says in her book, this is right from her book, bring more awareness to shopping experiences. Imagine all the people who brought their time, their energy talents to the purchases you're making. Gift them with your gratitude and blessings. When we come back, we're going to talk about this web, this beautiful tapestry that happens when you take money and gratitude and you weave them together. What you get is money. Come dance with me by Gail West. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Very special guest, Gail West. We're talking about money, but we're also talking about what Gail so beautifully brings to the forefront, not just in a book. Yes, we are talking about the book, but it's so much more than a book. This is a body of work that she does. And really, she explained earlier how this came to be. Because if you think that business people don't struggle with this, don't struggle with money, don't struggle with the paradox of money, uh, think again. Uh, Gail, we're going to talk about the dancing with the stories. We're going to do that in a minute because I love that. But before we do, how do people find out more about you, what you do, the work you do, and when can we expect the book in Spanish? Uh, so my website is successwithsoul.com because I realized that um, the bigger issue is our definition of success. So money is one issue, and the bigger issue is how we define success is is consumption and who has status and who is value. And when I realize that, I'm like, oh, this is where we have to go. We have to recognize that everyone, all of creation has value, no matter who they are. Yeah. You so know, sing with money. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Like Spanish. When is uh, the, the book? The, so the book 
will come out um, at the end of September. I'm waiting. So now, I, you know, I'm waiting until um, the moon is going, it's going into the new moon and I'm yes. waiting until it goes into full moon because that Beautiful. is expansion and beauty. And so it'll be in a couple of weeks. Um, the book will be launched in Spanish. And I'm so happy because there are a lot, a lot of people in the Spanish community that could really use it. I know uh, my my godchild's daughter, head of the Latino, uh, just totally. When auntie, are you going to put up a Spanish channel? Um, and we are, and that's planned for next year. Gail, look, I want to talk about a couple of things, but I want to go into the stories a little bit. In the book, you use a phrase. Please correct me if I'm wrong. The collective prison of not enough. We wear the not enough t-shirt and we don't even know it. But it has to do with the many, many stories. I don't think we're much better off now than we were when I first started the show. But I don't know. What is it about this not enoughness that literally handcuffs people. Explain it, if you could. I know you do a great job in the book. Well, the This is about self and soul, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's the collective prison of not enough is the lie that um, we're not enough. We don't have enough. Now, granted, there are people on the planet that are scraping by and, and really living in poverty. So they are when when we talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, they're at the bottom. For but for most of us in the Western world, we're pretty much at at um, the place of belonging and and enough. And the and and when we talk about, so I used to teach on consumer behavior. One of the one of the test questions was, do marketers market to needs or wants? And they don't market to needs, they market to wants. And the idea that, oh, you deserve this. If you get, if you have this, you'll be more beautiful. You'll be, you'll be uh, more be better. It's this better, 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 more, more, more that we, it's a prison. And people don't realize how marketing pushes, pushes, pushes this idea of not enough. And it's, it, so, it's a prison. It is a prison. I am shopping for a new vehicle. I lease my vehicles. And I'm very clear. I have had, okay, don't laugh, everybody, but I have had two bright orange, candy apple orange SUVs by a company that I've been with a long time in a row. The company decides they change the color of a very popular orange. I don't know why, but they changed it. And so I'm talking to the dealerships and I said, I want orange and they're, they're hard to get. And of course I do my own research and I find them myself, but the idea of how to convince me that I don't want orange and how to do it through money conversations, I have found interesting. And I had a conversation like that this morning, right before this where I almost took the bait, where I almost, I, I was almost so convinced I didn't want this orange vehicle because of a money conversation. 
And I, I just, the good news is I was doing the show with you. So I, I had your book out in front of me, but there are stories that can be told about the trauma of money. There are stories that money tells. There are stories that you have in the book by so many people in here. Have we become our story? We have. You know, it's interesting because one of the things that I'm passionate about is healing trauma in the collective. And when I think about, uh, so in the beginning, the idea of my working with money was like, that's not, that's not my thing. But I felt like I was called that that I was called because there is so much trauma around money. And, uh, and I talk about the stories. So our narrative is who we are and what we think. So the stories of the collective and the idea of inequity and how it affects every single person, the stories of the ancestors, and a lot of the way that we look at money comes from both the, our, the collective, um, the culture, and our ancestors. And we don't realize how much we hold around all of that energy and also around most for most people around religion also. Yeah. Yeah. And the stories hold us hostage. Yeah. And one of the things I say is that if money could be its pure potential, it would be the expression of divine love in the marketplace, which is a weird concept. But why? Because when we bring our gifts to the marketplace, it's an act of divinity. We are divine beings. And also, uh, it's an act of self-love. Allowing ourselves to bring our gifts to the marketplace is an incredible act of self-love. And it's an incredible act of love to the world. Yeah. And, and then that allows money to be divine, to be the expression, because it's gifting us back because we've gifted the world. Is it matching up? Let me ask you about this, because I want to get into a, a little bit more about this with the soul and soul of soul alignment. I mean, we've heard a lot of conversation. I, I have to tell you, Gail, reading a book like yours and understanding a little bit more about this is fascinating because it opens us up to do a little experimenting. And I and and sometimes we're not aware of when money is gifting us and when we're it right. We're not aware of it. Uh, and uh, look, perfect example is I'm, I'm back there with Linda. I'm trying to get some exercise equipment in the house. I mean, simple stuff. And of course, there's always a money conversation about exercise equipment, right? But I'm, I'm having this conversation to myself mostly and driving down the road, the three of us in the car, Karen, myself, Linda, we're driving to Karen's house to do some stuff. And I look across the road and I say, turn around, turn around. There's, I think there's an exercise bike for free and they weren't going to turn around. I said, turn the car around, make a U-turn. It Honestly, this was hours after a conversation that didn't go so well for them. But for me, I held the energy. I, I held it in my, I, I held it because the, the, the bike wasn't just about buying an exercise bike. There was this thing you just talked about. There was a gift of something that would happen from this, a loving energy of, of well-being, as you said. That dang bike, free, well, that's, great shape. When those kind of things happen, we always go, my husband and I go, thank you, money. Thank so you. 
we won twice the raffle at the Jazz in the Plaza in our hometown. <laughs> and I'm like, how did this happen? And like, and my friends were like, oh my God, Los Gatos loves you. And we walk home and go, thank you, money. Thank you, money. <laughs> exactly. So those kinds of things is acknowledging the gifts that money brings. So if, if you, if it's, if, so getting something for free, you say, thank you, money. Totally. It's a place of gratitude that is, that fills the world with joy. And, you know, and I love it because there are other stories. Let's talk about some of the other stories and the healing that needs to happen. I, I come from a background of childhood wounding, wounding around this. And I, I have clearly done some work around this, uh, but I didn't even know it was that. And I didn't know it was around money until I did know it was around money. Uh, and, you know, my dad lost everything. I mean, he was considered to be on the rise, successful trucking company, da, 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 da. And then it was gone one day. And so my dad's way of communicating with all of us girls, but especially me, every phone call, not hi, how are you? It's how much money are you making? Every call. And I realized how cellular making money was for me early in my life. Yeah, I, I realize it now. The good news is there was a lot of motivation for me to get better and do things I've never done before, because the reality was I was, you know, on paper, I'm not the person that should have been an executive in a corporation I, on paper, like both me and you on paper. I'm not even sure we're supposed to be here on paper. Yeah, right. But that's somebody else's story. When we come back, I want to ask you this question. How do other people's money stories and their conversations with money, how can they impact us, our belief systems, stories we may or may not tell ourselves? When we come back, we're going to be talking with Gail, Gail West, author of Money Come Dance With Me and so much more. When we come back, how do we get these stories befriended? Shall I like that word, befriended? If this money was a social media group, what would you need to do to click that friend button? Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Oh, my goodness. This is the Dr. Pat Show. I'm Dr. Pat. If you want to find out more about me, go ahead and go to the drpatshow.com. Go to Transformation uh, Talk Radio. Go to the Transformation Network if you want to find out about the whole deal. Um, yeah, so, so much out there and so much more to come. Why? We have a vision. We are motivated by what Gail mentioned earlier. I didn't know it until she mentioned it earlier, what really is motivating us. Um. It doesn't come without its potholes, though. Gail, before we go, uh, again, how do we find out about you? Tell people about the show, when they can tune in. And then we're going to talk about what your mama didn't tell you about the money. So my website is Success with Soul. And I also have a show on the Dr. Pat Transform Talk Radio Network. Yeah. And it's called Cafe of Delights. Conversations that enlighten and inspire. 
And uh, the idea is that we are in the precipice of a way new paradigm that's so exciting. And to look at who and what and how can we bring hope and delight to the world so that people take action from a place of, of, of meaning, fulfillment, joy, and delight to bring this new paradigm to the planet. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you so much. Um, and by the way, if you haven't listened to Gail's show, you really need to do it. All of the archives are on her website or on our website. And look, even if you're super busy, we now know that many of you are and you still listen to podcasts in the background three to six hours, minimally three to six hours a week. Many of you are in the 20-hour range, especially in this genre. We we now have those statistics that have come in from one of our networks. So look, this is something that's going to help you. And and the other thing is pay it forward. See, this is the inner, this is the thing we're talking about. Give somebody the gift of inspiration. All right, Gail, I want to talk to you about a couple of things, right? I I, I was stuck by something in your book and one of the quotes, there's so many. But the, ch the childhood things, I really want you to get underneath this. And I know you will. What do you think? I made a money gal? What, what, so many people have been told that as a kid. Like, I think I asked for a quarter. Yeah, yeah, it, right. But this has to do with a bigger conversation that you're about to have. And you're going to talk about one of the dance steps. Let's talk about that. So, um my i my idea was that uh, in the coaching world they tell you don't be generous with your book just give a little bit and i couldn't do that because if if this is a a, a uh where we're moving to collaboration and generosity how could i not be generous and i gave as much as i could in the book and so we have dance steps after every chapter there's a dance step so the very first dance step in the very first chapter is write a letter to money and really honestly tell money how you feel about it. And for most people, that is probably one of the most enlightening things that they ever do, because most of us don't even think about it. We don't want to talk about it. We don't even want to ponder it. So when you write a letter to money and you look at, so so many people go, oh, now I understand why money has been eluding me. I say, I hate you. I don't like you. I <laughs> Go away. And yet come here. It's like, come here, go away, come here, go away. And then after doing that, then write another letter to money, telling money the kind of relationship you would like to have. So if we think about money as a consciousness, you can dance with it. Money wants to be your friend. And so pondering this idea that I can have a relationship. And the very first thing that happens when you co-create with the divine is having a vision of what you want. But you can't have a vision of what you want until you recognize what you don't want. Yeah, yeah. That is sometimes easier, Gail, don't you think? It is sometimes easier for people. I know with Linda, it is so much easier for Linda to tell me what she doesn't want first. And I, I've, this is my best friend. We have been to the battlefield together. We have lost parents together. She has seen me up and down and sick and healthy. I mean, but we love each other and we support each other. But for some people, and I'm not one of them, but for some people, they can tell you right out of the gate, I'm going to tell you what I don't want. Here's what I don't want. And a lot of times we don't have the patience to listen 
to what somebody says that you don't want. But isn't it really incredibly insightful? Like today with my car, like I kept saying, I don't want that silver car. I live in the Pacific Northwest. All of the cars on the dealership are gray. I'm like, it's gray here. And (laughs) right, it's gray here. And and I I kept saying, I don't want it. I don't want it. But I almost, Gail, I was almost ready to give up the orange. And I want you to talk about this a little bit in the letter. How would we start it? Which letter? Dear money. Dear money. I mean, people can't even write dear money on a paper. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Dear money. Most people start out with dear money. I hate you. Um, (laughs) You go away. You're elusive. Um, You know, I try to get you you, and you just kind of um, go through my fingertips. You come and you go. That's usually people's start starting point when it comes to money i had one guy i said okay i want you to get my book um and write a letter to money it went on for pages and pages the bad things (laughs) all the way he hated money i said okay um now what is the vision that you have it was like two sentences i said that's really very general can you be a little more specific and then it's kind of interestingly enough um, we made an appointment. The next appointment, he canceled. And I wasn't surprised because he wasn't ready to take that next step. He wasn't ready to have a vision. He wasn't re- even though he claimed he was. He, and, and interestingly enough, I talk about this in the co-creating with yeah. the divine. Most of us are more connected and feel more comfortable with constriction than with expansion. And the whole idea, I, I think it, there's a collective energy pattern of the other shoe will drop. So, and I, I really realized that when Princess Di died and the whole, like the whole world was in grief. And I was thinking about that. And I thought, whoa, she is the epitome of the other shoe will drop. Here's the princess in a horrible marriage. She's finally happy and she dies. We have seen that movie, right? Yeah, totally. It's like, okay, yeah, don't be happy because the other shoe will drop. And so many of us have a set point. We have a set point about happiness. We have a set point about how much money we're going to have. We're going to have, we have set points about what we'll allow in our lives. And when you, when you kind of, and, and those set points are actually have a structure. We don't realize it has, a, it has a structure to it, but you can push around yeah. it and you can push past it. Yeah. And the key is, what do I want? What do we want? And when we're connected to not desire that, you know, the marketers tell us what we should have, but what we really want. I I look at this as divine. Yeah. It's a different feeling. It's a different, I, I, I look, it's a different feeling when you hit what I call it, the sweet spot of desire, when yeah. you can tap into the sweet spot, but please people don't, don't turn this podcast off. Try it. The sweet, say it. I am going to tap into the sweet spot of desire money and you're going to guide me because this is what Gail says in her book, money as a guide. And you see, when you turn into that, there's something that happens. You know, look, all of us have our different stories. We're going to talk about money as a guide right now because this is, I think, one of the more difficult for people to do it. And I'm telling you, if you're an entrepreneur and you're not doing this, 
wow, how are you doing in your business? How are you feeling right now? And, and you help people with this. See, I want to be very clear that this isn't just a book you write and you've written. This is a body of work you do to help people, one, define success, and two, make sure that you don't leave out money. Yeah. How many entrepreneurs do you know that don't pay themselves? Yep. Not even a dollar. Yeah. It's yeah, like, true. all right. So I want to talk to you about this because. Well, I'm going to go back to this idea of the relationship. Cause Do it. So, so many people say, which as I said earlier, it's just energy. It's just energy. But do we hate energy? <laughs> Is energy the root of all evil? I don't think so. So you have a relationship with money and it's probably one of the most intimate relationships you'll ever have because unless you're financially in a, unable to take care of yourself and in a nursing home and somebody else is handling your finances, you will have a relationship to money. And every time you write a check, you spend, you, you have money come to you. That is about of a relationship. I, I totally get it. If it's dysfunctional, you got a problem. And most yeah. people's relationship is highly, highly dysfunctional and but, really painful. And that's really what you're doing in the book is you walk us through this, though. You yeah. know, this idea of dance, right? You know, dance with me. This idea of having a dance with money, it's so multidimensional. And, and, and I'm saying this is what you show us in your book. There's a multidimensional nature of this. You know, uh, people joke because I talk about the multiverse a lot. And I say money, to me, is the epitome of the multiverse. And I don't just mean money, money. I mean wealth and well-being in the way you've defined it. You know, there is an unlimited nature to things when we look at it from the place that or the lens that you're showing us in this book. But I would never be here today if I didn't have to heal some really old wounds around this. I know it. I couldn't be I, I couldn't be in the position I'm in, excited, you know, about doing what I'm doing. But I will tell you, Gail, it's challenging. When I talk to people that are, what do we want to say, financial people, and I get excited about things, they're like, well, you're going to make any money? You're going to make any money? You're going to make any money? And I just look at them like, uh, is that like even a question? Why does anybody do this? I mean, you know, you got to make money to do good in the world, to give it back, to do more good. But this is really what I want to talk to you about, because money as a guidepost or a guide, what's the power of that? The power is being able to be generous with yourself and others. And when we have that knowing that it it allows us to have generosity and and to those we love, to the to the causes that are really important to us, to be agents for good. That is what money is yeah, about. Yeah. And that's what it wants to be. Collaboration and generosity. I gotta jump to something in your book because this is the point. This was the tipping point for me, as is as our buddy Gene Houston would say. This is like the tip Patricia. This is like the tipping point. I did point. Gene Houston also in the 80s. <laughs> exactly. I love Gene inviting right, me right, to right. take yeah. that 10-day course that kicked my butt. But here's the part in the book that I love, and I'm so glad of where you put it in the book. And you give us a, 
I got to talk to you about trust. I, I got to talk to you about this part of the book here where leaning into trust, trusting. So, come on, Gail. I would have been shocked if you did not have as much about trust in this, but you're doing it different. You're doing it differently. First of all, thank you very much for like popping, you know, like uh, Stephen out here. Stephen Covey comes out. He has the seven habits. And then I think he did an eighth. I don't know how many, but one of them was around trust. Trust is the glue of life. It's the most essential ingredient in effective communication. It's a foundational principle that holds all relationships. I got to ask you this question. How did you personally get the lesson of trust? Well, honestly, I realized I didn't have a lot of trust. I had a lot of betrayal. I had I, a lot of um, trauma in my childhood. So trust was a big, huge issue. And I knew I had to put something in about trust. Because when we start having a relationship with money, it just hits all of our trust issues. Can I trust myself to show up for it? Can I trust myself to be able to use it wisely? Can I trust the universe to actually show up for me the way I left it? And so when your trust has been violated, you one of the things I say is when people say, trust me, don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> They're the last people you want to trust. Yeah. Okay, so, trust me on this. Yeah, trust me. Um, so when your trust has been violated, you have to be able to imagine, not not believe that you can trust, but lean into disbelief, that it is possible to trust. And then look around and document, put put what I talk about, put mm -hmm. deposits in the trust bank. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you do something that you could trust yourself with? Did you, did, did the universe show up for you? So the more that you have, have uh, evidence that trust is available for you, the easier it is for all the parts of us to relax and go, oh, maybe I can trust. Yeah. Man, okay, let's go to this right now. Uh, there is a bigger conversation in the book about the power of vision. And I, I have got to ask you this, Gail, because I'm telling you, I don't know if your ears were ringing the other day. I had a call the other day with a PR person, an agency I've known for 20 years. And they all know what we're doing. Uh, they know that we're also going to come back to them and say, look, we're crowdfunding. We really want you to help us. We're not asking them for money. You know, we want their help in how to help. Maybe send out an email, maybe talk to your people, maybe see if they want to be part of what we're creating. Right. And what I was met with on a call yesterday just shocked me a little bit and I had to figure out why did that hurt me and the conversation was well you know pot everybody's asking us for money everybody's you know there are people saying come on will you fund this will you do that and I became wait for it Gail I was speechless I didn't know how to process that like, okay, everybody's asking you for money. So you must not think there's enough money for everybody, right, Gail? There's or more money on the planet than there ever has been in history. Hello. Right. When I was a kid, people were millionaires. Now they're billionaires, which is yeah. really bizarre. But 
really. And and interestingly enough, because it used to be that the only way that you could make, well, a lot of times, you have to have somebody who had money who helped you to get money. But these days with the internet and the, it's totally leveled the playing field and we're connected around the world. Yeah. That's yeah. what's so amazing. Yeah. So when we, and the, the, the this idea of everybody, it's not everybody is asking for money. Uh, some people. So when people do expletives like that, that's their own stuff. It's. Cr- I mean, uh, but do you know me? I could count on one hand how many times I've been speechless. But it hit me hard. And I'm going to really look at that. But what it hit was what you talk about in the book. And I really want you to comment on this. The transceiver. The oh. transceiver. Uh, I, uh, Peter Drucker, I got to study with this guy. Oh, my God. Right. He, he couldn't stand us. The, he, he did not like the, the psychology students. We got to sit in the back of the room. He didn't move for three hours. Right. Uh, the best way to predict your future is to create it. And I want to talk to you about this transceiver because radio, business, radio, network, signal in, signal out, what you put in, what you get out. Tell us from your your place, the way you the way you talk about this is you talk about an early community, one of the early communications with money that you heard was around this, that you have to be aware of your transceiver. Please tell people what you mean by that. Well, it's interesting because I didn't even know what a transceiver was. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to. So I thought, oh, this is this really cool word that the money made up <laughs> until I met my husband. Now, husband, he goes, oh, that's a ham radio word. It's about sending and receiving. Um, so here, <laughs> let's become aware of your transceiver. All of creation is constantly sending and receiving. But most humans are not conscious that they create their lives in each moment by what they're sending, and this is the key, by what they're able to receive. Because we talked earlier about receiving channels and how so many receiving channels are blocked. You must become aware of what you are sending and receiving. This is the key to true power. So um, when we are really aware of who, what we're sending and the energy that we're putting out and become responsible and intentional for every moment of our lives, then things begin to shift. Yeah. Yeah. Look, never thought about the price of that bike. I knew I needed to get a piece of exercise equipment in there to help my best friend and to help all of us. Uh, I knew it. Never thought about the money. Never had any like, oh my gosh, I think it's going to be like too much money. Um, Doubt is what I think about when I read this chapter. I thought about doubt, and I want you to just talk for a minute. It's not just our doubt. How do we help ourselves not be hindered by other people's doubts? Well, it's going back to this idea of trust. When you have really strong trust deposits in the bank, you can be with your own relationship with the divine, with source. Because I really look at money as an expression of divine source. You know, we're we're here. We're if if we're supposed to be here in human form, and money is the way that we can connect with that. Yeah. 
then source wants us to have this. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. I don't believe that the opulent universe that we live in, that we can't even define, no. would have been set up as a cosmic joke. I mean, one of the things you say in the book, and 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna read it because I don't want to miss I don't want to misquote this. Understanding where you're aligned and where you're blocked in the creative cycle is key to becoming a predominant creative force in your life and effectively dancing with money. As money says, this is the key to true power. Isn't that what you help people do every day? So what we're talking about is being empowered to be the best that you can, to be living a rich, fulfilling life. So, and money is going to dance with you to support that. And it's, and that's, as I said before, it's not just money, but money, money supports us to have that, that, thriving flourishing life that is about meaning about connection about uh allowing ourselves to be um truly loved yeah and loving others because that's that's ultimately what it's about it really is now i know we have a few minutes left i want to make sure folks at gail how do we find out about you how do we work with you how do we get copies of the book all of the above and then I really want to bring us full circle and spend a minute or two talking about divine desire. So again, share whatever you'd like to share with people. So again, my website is success with soul. You can contact me through Gail at successwithsoul.com. Um, my radio show is cafe of delights because I'm all about joy and delight. <laughs> and, um, just reach out to me. I'm working on creating a retreat, which would probably be in the spring, um, bringing some friends in that are going to be doing some work creatively because I'm also an artist and really, really going to a deep dive around creating and manifesting. And um, and so I work individually. I work uh, with groups and um, love to. I just did a keynote um, for the American Society of Dowsers called Money, Meaning and the Power of the Collective. <laughs> Now, it gets me back to this. I want to bring it, bring it full circle to really wrap this up for today. And I can't thank you enough for joining me at the perfect time because people right now are really struggling around this topic and conversation. I read the chapter on divine desire several times in the book. And I really wanted, I really wanted to understand it because I agree with you. The word desire has gotten a really bad rap, really bad rap. Let's talk about this for a minute, because you you literally say, look, if you can truly tap into this, there's a full palette of possibility from which to choose. I'd love to know your personal message around this and around divine desire for today to leave us with. Well, one of the things that I have people do um, as an exercise is take like two weeks, put your hand on your heart and just for 10 minutes, just say, heart what do you desire what do you really want because our heart is our portal to the soul and when we connect with heart's desire we connect to soul's desire mm -hmm. and our heart is the way that the more and then don't don't read don't read back until there's about two weeks because in the beginning we haven't listened to your heart our, our heart doesn't chat very much the the volume goes down kind of sort of but the more that you start in listening and listening and tuning in and, and, and also when we get an intuitive hit, 
Well, one of the things that I do when I get an intuitive hit and I didn't listen, I apologize to my intuition. <laughs> I say, I'm sorry. Oh. Thank you. Because we want that connection, which is that connection to who we are, how we're called to serve, and how we're called to be in joy and delight. Because I truly believe that that is our birthright, mm. to live in joy and delight, to flourish and thrive. So beautiful. There's so much more we could talk about. You will come back to my show. Uh, and again, remind people the time and the day of your fabulous show. My fabulous show is the second and fourth Thursday of the month at 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, 1 Eastern. Um, you can also find it on YouTube. Um, after, so if you don't go on um, the show at the time, YouTube, Spotify, and all the other uh, podcast channels. And it's Cafe of Delights with Gail West. Again, and the book is available, Amazon everywhere, pretty much. Amazon everywhere, or your local bookstore for people that don't want to uh, go with Amazon can order it because it's on uh, Ingram Sparks, which is a global distribution. Gail, thank you so much. Thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for this conversation. And thank you for my, for reminding us of the unlimited possibilities of the world we live in and how money can really guide us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And to all of you out there, Gail West, everyone, you if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business person, if you're thinking of business, if you've heard something today and you got a big old fat knot in your stomach, call Gail. Because if we're talking about money and you got the knot in your stomach, probably need to get a little something on that knot and get that untangled. Gail, thank you so much for everything. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being the best audience on the planet. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.